أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد We continue in this uh, Mubarak 18th night of Ramadan the nights of Malfira are slipping past us. Whoever wishes to have their sins forgiven by the Lord, let them ask so that they can be given. Let them put their face on the ground and cry in front of the Lord. This world has so much bogusness in it. So much bogusness in it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, help us to overcome its bogusness and to leave a good mark and to do something good before we leave. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect all the people who do service of this deen from their haters and from their trolls and uh, give them uh, uh, give them the upper hand and manifest victory uh, in the service of the Ummah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, a victory that begins in this world and will take its greatest and deepest and most beautiful color on the Day of Judgment. Ameen. Mawlana Abu Hassan Ali Nadwi continues uh, in uh, discussing the Islah or the uh, the exhortation toward rectification uh, Ghazali gives to other classes of society, having already addressed the scholars and already addressed the rulers and the nobles, administrators, etc. Al-Ghazali also made a deep study of the religious and moral life of the other sections of society beside the scholars, kings, and chieftains. He has left a detailed description of numerous innovations and deviations, customs and rites, in short, all aspects of mundane life which have somehow or another found a place in the life of the different sections of the then society. It is remarkable that apart from being a profound scholar of religion, Ghazali was also uh, such a keen observer of social life that no aspect of the life of the people escaped his attention. He has devoted one section of the Ihya to such customs uh, as violate the dictates of the Sharia, although they do not apparently seem to do so. In this section, he leaves untouched no aspects of individual or social life, from the mosque to the market, from the bathhouses to social gatherings, and enumerates the practices which are prohibited and ought to be given up. Another section of the book deals with those people who were suffering from one or another misconceived notions which impeded the improvement of their character. This section is concerned with the people who were suffering from different types of self-deceptions, weaknesses, fallacies, illusions, and paradoxes. The survey includes the affluent nobles, scholars, mystics, and similar other classes of rank and distinction, exhibiting a keen insight into their mental and emotional life, which can be expected from an expert uh, psychologist only. His study reveals the elements of misgivings and illusions of which the people concerned would have themselves been hardly aware. The scholars in Ghazali's time had generally developed an extremism in the cultivation and practice of their different branches of learning which obscured from their view the essence of true faith. Jurists were stretching their legal quibblings too far to include all sorts of futile juristic issues. Dialecticians deemed it worthwhile to engage in specious reasoning and irrelevant polemics. Traditionists, traditionists busied themselves with unnecessary researches into the terms and phrases used in the traditions and their derivatives, while mystics considered it an act of devotion 
to commit the writings of their masters to memory. Al-Ghazali vigorously criticized all these people and brought out succinctly the misconceptions under which they were laboring. Summing up the discussion in this regard, he writes, The secular sciences pertaining to mathematics, medicine, and other useful arts do not produce so much self-deception amongst their students as is born out of the religious sciences. This is because nobody ever thinks of these branches of learning as a means of attaining salvation in the hereafter, whereas the study of religious sciences itself, apart from its aim and the ultimate result desired of it, uh, very often is uh, taken as leading to salvation, which is a really imp- interesting point. And there's like two problems, twofold problem. One is if somebody thinks that, you know, their particular uh, one, uh, you know, narrow set of opinions on those issues that are differed upon uh, is the ultimate key to salvation um, as opposed to those things that are that are, are agreed upon which actually are the key to salvation um, if those people think that those like obscure issues are you know uh, um, somehow going to be their their salvation like they make it their life's work to like eradicate the 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 terror and the horror of people saying I mean out loud after the Fatiha or something like ridiculous like that that's a type of craziness and then on the flip side it's also a type of craziness that the people who uh, are uh, you know masters of mathematics or medicine uh, would not themselves take uh, what they learn as a means of salvation and service of the deen as well uh, both of them are problematic. Anyway, he continues, along with the religious scholars, Ghazali brought the pious and the mystics to under the focus of his criticism. In highlighting their mistakes and misconceptions, self-deceptions and show of assumed piety, Ghazali disclosed how a number of devotional practices were really unimportant and worthless and that the motive behind several of these devotional acts was not a sincere desire to serve God but simply to satisfy one's own self or others or else uh, to seek respect and honor. Turning to the affluent and well-to-do sections of society, Ghazali made certain pertinent observations of far-reaching importance. There are many amongst the men of substance who are too liberal in spending their wealth on the performance of Hajj. They set out for pilgrimage regularly year after year uh, as if they have uh, uh, no hungry or uh, people of want amongst their neighbors. Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu anhu said that during the quieter t- uh, during the later times quite a large number of persons would perform hajj unnecessarily simply because they would find it easy to travel and would have enough to spend but they would return from hajj without any recompense for they would not help their fellow travelers uh, whom they would find in trouble oh man oh man what can we say what can we say what can we say to the drunken sailor early in the morning good lord uh <laughs> Allah forgive us and Allah rectify our, our practice of the deen. There are two things he mentions, like right, right one after the other. One is the unnecessary devo- devotional acts of the of the Sufis uh, that people think are somehow you know bringing them close to God, but were just acts of show. And then right after that, uh, um, you know the 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 empty and vain uh, uh, taking of the pilgrimage of Hajj. Um, look, uh, as far as the, 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 the is concerned, uh, that's a rabbit hole that goes very deep. And unfortunately, uh, you know, there are sections of, uh, uh, there are sections of the, 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 the kind of self-identifying Sufi, uh, public that, uh, this is, this is still very, uh, very pertinent to. 
And if there's a Sufi right now that thinks, no, it's not talking about me, then it's double talking about you. Uh, you know, Sufism is kind of like Fight Club. Uh, the first rule of Fight Club is you don't talk about Fight Club. Uh, and so one of the best hikmas with regards to the Sufic identity, or the Sufi identity, I should say, uh, is what uh, Bahai Abdul Hakim from Kentucky uh, uh, mentioned, uh, which is that if anyone ever asks him uh, uh, whether a friend or, or antagonist, if he's a Sufi, he says, I'm not, but my sheikh is. I find this to be a very clever and a very uh, uh, genuine uh, form of response, because if there is identity in it, identity itself is nafs. And uh, people who take the Sawaf as some sort of like identity politics uh, have like so missed the point that it's it just it's like getting run over by a freight train like level of missing the point. And, uh, you know, that opens up weird, weird stuff like you, you feel YouTube, you know, people send me links. I tell them don't even send me this stuff like links to like you know, Sufi, uh, 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 you know, charlatans will have trailers and they'll, they'll have like weird Bollywood uh, uh, type choreographed uh, intros and uh, uh, Ajib like, you know, uh, 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 wardrobes that will rival with like Ertugrul Ghazi and like someone might, you know, say, hey, you know, Hamza, you also uh, have a relatively eccentric and eclectic uh, uh, style in fashion I'll say yes And I, that's probably why you shouldn't take the tariqah from me um, uh, But uh, uh, The idea is what Is that you know when all of these things happen Just like you know for like weird amounts of show A person just got has to wonder like What, what, what the heck is going on you know When uh, uh, there's like a million People there to uh, you know Pay $70 a ticket to go to Like a molid um, uh, you know, where everybody comes, uh, you know, men and women gather uh, separately or even mixed um, in their, their best finery while there's like, you know, some like real nice, uh, 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 you know, aesthetically uh, sophisticated Molaya Sali going on in the background. You got to wonder like, you know, what, what, what's going on? You know, is this a gathering even that the Prophet ﷺ would have been a part of? Um, is this a gathering that, that the fuqara would have been a part of? Uh, Imam Junaid and you know these people would would they go to something like this and uh, uh, you know uh, when you have a group of people who are attracted to all of that finery which is wonderful I mean there's a beauty in it and it's better than watching like you know a Netflix about like you know some Netflix special about some gay guy who like you know whatever falls in love with what you know what I mean like it's better than all of that fine but uh, to think that this is this is actually the so if it's like you know uh, it's more like watching a basketball game uh, is related to playing basketball uh, uh, in the sense that, yeah, it is kind of about what Tasawuf, but it's not actually doing the thing. It's just kind of like celebrating like Tasawuf, the cultural trappings of Tasawuf or whatever. Uh, and uh, as long as you see it like that, I guess it's okay. But uh, if you start to think that, oh, look, you know, we're, uh, you know, hereby actually uh, uh, somehow practicing uh, something or another, Allah, Allah knows best. So this is a whole... Um, this is a whole uh, uh, minefield of stuff, and uh, if you accuse me of being involved in it uh, myself, then I put my hands up and like say I'm guilty, and uh, God help us because the uh, the court of the Lord is uh, uh, one that's like you know uh, uh, it's it's even a more sensitive place that a person should tread than even the the, the throne itself, and a person has to have great adab with the Lord and constantly be asking uh, for forgiveness for falling short. Um, in that in that holy uh, sanctuary that a person who claims uh, a rank with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should be very careful about.
Um, as far as this thing about Hajj, oh my good Lord, Allah forgive us. You know, it all of a sudden kind of like uh, stabs me in the heart that there's a good chance that, uh, you know, Hajj uh, will be, uh, you know, the majority of the, I don't want to say Hajj will be canceled. Hajj is never canceled. Al-Jihad uh, Al-Hajj, Fardani Maldiyani, Ila Qiyam Al-Sa'a. فَرْضَانِ مَاضِيَانِ مَعَ أُولِ الْأَمْرِ مِنْ أَيْمَةِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ إِلَى قِيَامِ السَّاعَةِ لَا يُبْطِلُهُمَا شَيْءٌ لَا يَنْقِذُهُمَا شَيْءٌ وَلَا يُبْطِلُهُمَا That the, the Hajj and uh, Jihad في سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ and Hajj are two communal obligations that will be that will come to pass uh, you know under the auspices of the sovereign authorities of the Muslims until يَوْمُ الْقِيَامَةِ and nothing will uh, uh, negate them nor will anything invalidate them you know so hajj is never canceled hajj is never canceled people can scream hajj is canceled till they're blue in the face someone of allah ta'ala's uh, uh, pious servants even if it just has to be sayyidna khidr and his crew just show up someone will show up and do it you know and whoever shows up with them god bless them you know uh it's gonna happen one way or the other even if they cancel all the visas someone will go inshallah and the hajj will be uh, uh performed on behalf of the ummah of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam there have been years where the kaaba has even been destroyed but still people um you know uh, fulfilled the rights of the hajj in some minimal way possible uh, uh it, it'll come to happen hajj is not going to get canceled but that being said you know for the rest of us it seems that hajj is going to be canceled this year um allah ta'ala protect us and boy uh if we didn't ever deserve it you know if we didn't ever deserve it because look look at this right he's like abdullah bin mas'ud radiallahu anhu said that uh, uh, d d truly uh, during the later times, quite a large number of persons would perform hajj unnecessarily simply because they would find it easy to travel and would have enough to spend. But they would return from hajj without any recompense, meaning without any reward from Allah, because they would not help their fellow travelers whom they would uh, find in trouble. Oh my good Lord, oh my good Lord, oh my good Lord. How the rich step over uh, the huddled masses. Um, and not everyone does it, you know. I mean, there are so many good people in hajj too, you know. I don't want to be like hyper like negative about the ummah this ummah is like amazing ummah and there's so much khair in it you know but when you see uh, this other thing happen you can't help but wonder oh my goodness you know um allah have mercy on us and just like you know oh our lord don't take us to account and don't take us to task for what the fools amongst us have done um you know you see people and they're they're stepping over the huddled masses and entering to their hotel lobbies where you know if you don't have a particular passport they won't let you in and if you don't have a particular amount of money uh you know you're just treated like crap you know you're just treated like garbage and that's not cool you know it's like really <laughs> i find the whole thing very problematic and very disturbing you know and i actually take a little bit of solace in the fact that like no matter how vip your hajj is um you still have to make the offer on the same kaaba there's not a vip kaaba for you to get you know you can go to your vip tent in arafat and stuff but like the kaaba is the same so uh, uh you know i guess they even have like these armed guards and entourages that they make the off with um but like oh my good lord oh my good lord allah ta'ala have mercy on us for not you know taking seriously and not uh, uh being uh, uh diligent about uh this great rukun of islam and now now that we find it uh, has become immediately inaccessible to us especially in america because we could go every year if we wanted to i mean like other countries uh malaysia and places like it's really hard they have to like get a lottery to go uh, i've been told in turkey that uh, you have to uh give you know sign up give your deposit 
and then there's a lottery and if you don't get it they'll return your money but uh, uh, you know uh, there are people who, uh, who who've been trying for years and they still don't get their number picked and they say in Turkey if you try seven years in a row uh, um, they will they will then automatically give you a position and there are many people, uh, you know, that I've been told amongst the Turks, there are many people who actually just end up going after the seven years because the lottery, they lose it every single time. Uh, no one says lose. I guess they go when Allah wants them to come. But like that's that's really hard. Whereas we from America, we go like so easily and we're easily the, the, the most easily heard complaint in the entire wafad uh, of the believers every year is you just some american complaining about this and that and the other thing and someone did fraud with me and i paid for this service and they promised this type of bus and they promised this type of food and you know you know i you owe me my money back and i'm going to go back to america and i'm going to sue and i'm going to this and i'm going to that and i'm the other thing and like then you see like those same people cutting others in line and um, just being just being unruly and like looking down like there'll be people from a particular country that immigrated uh, to America and they still have the accent of the country they're from and you'll see them literally pushing their own countrymen out of the way saying I'm an American I'm an American and good Lord how bad this is going to look on the day of judgment oh my good Lord how bad that's going to look on the day of judgment how Yom Al-Qiyamah that Hajj is just going to be like a source of embarrassment to a person um, and so, <laughs> you know, this may be somewhat of a tangent from what Ghazali is trying to say, but, uh, yeah, Allah, Allah, Allah Ta'ala help us. There's a lot of Ihyalum din you know, uh, uh, left for the, left for the dishing out. Um, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raise from the people of the ummah, a muslih who will, uh, you know, give us guidance on these matters and whose words will have an effect in it. Uh, so that even, uh, even a crooked person like myself will be able to, uh, uh, benefit from it because I see this happening, uh, left, right and center. I see this happening, you know, so many times. Um, it's, it just, it's really disturbing. So Abu Nasr Tamar relates that somebody uh, informed Bishr bin Harith of his intention to set out for Hajj. Bishr asked, uh, uh, what uh, have you got to meet the expenses? The man replied, 2,000 dirhams. And what is the purpose of your journey, uh, demanded Bishr. Do you want to make a show of your piety, uh, uh, visit the Kaaba, or to seek the pleasure of God? He replied, this is, by, this is a, a translation of the Ihya Mulana is bringing. He, said, he replied, to, to seek the pleasure of God. All right, Bishr said, but would you agree if I tell you a method whereby you would seek the pleasure of God without having to go all the way to Hajj? Would you undoubtedly spend the money you have, uh, 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 but you would also be satisfied that you had done something that would be liked by the Lord? After, ma after the man had given his assent, Bishr told him, then you should distribute the amount that you have set aside for Hajj amongst 10 insolvent persons so that they may be able to pay off their debts or to paupers who may live on it or to orphans or people in, in, in indigent circumstances. If you like, you may give the entire amount to a single person because rendering help to the poor or to the needy or anyone in trouble is better than performing a hundred voluntary Hajjs. Now you should do as I have told you, but if you have any hesitation, tell me about it. The truth is, the man rejoined, uh, that I want to undertake the journey. Bisher smiled and remarked, When the money is obtained from prohibited or doubtful sources, the insinuating self of a man urges uh, him to gratis gratify its desires, which often bring forth uh, in the garb of virtuous acts to deceive him. God Almighty has, however, decided that he would accept uh, the deeds only of those who fear him. إِنَّمَا يَتَقَبَّلَ اللَّهُ مِنَ الْمُتَّقِينَ Man, that's some hard-hitting stuff. That's the real. That's the real tasawwuf. Uh, it leaves you. Uh, 
it leaves you punched in the gut and wondering, oh man, like what? If Allah accepts from me on the day of judgment, it will uh, be nothing but just a sign of his mercy. Another group of the moneyed but niggardly people, niggardly here meaning stingy, uh, uh, stingy people is more interested in such devotional acts on which nothing is to be spent. They like to keep fasts, offer prayers or recite the Quran. These people too are deceiving themselves because stinginess has captured their souls. They ought to spend their money in order to cure themselves of the malady, but they keep themselves busy in the acts which are really not required of them. These, are, these elements are like the man who is about to be bitten by a snake and of which he would undoubtedly die, but he keeps himself busy in preparing a syrup for re relieving his cough. These miserly persons do not stand in need of the aforesaid devotional acts as that foolish man would not need to be cured uh, 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 of the snake bite by his cough syrup. Uh, once somebody told Bisher uh, that a person, a certain wealthy person was profusely keeping fasts and offering prayers, he uh, replied, the poor fellow is doing the work of others but has given up on his own work. Uh, he was required to feed the hungry and help the poor. Instead, he is forcing his own self to remain hungry and is trying to help himself by offering voluntary prayers. Along with this, he is also busy in accumulating as much wealth as possible so as to exclude the poor from it. You know, the, the, and the, <laughs> the great part is this, is that, you know, a person might say, well, you know, I don't need to listen to any of this. You know, this is just pointless because it's self-flagellation and, uh, you know, this is a standard of piety that nobody can live up to. The problem is that our mashaykh and our, uh, our uh, aslaf, they lived up to it, you know. Um, there's a story in the Fazail al-Hajj. Hazrat Shaykh Mulan Zakariya uh, mentions about Abdullah bin Mubarak. It was uh, famous about him that he used to, just a very celebrated and wonderful personality, that he used to, uh, every year, his year would start with Hajj and then he would go out jihad fi sabilillah for four months and then he would... Uh, 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 teach and learn for four months and then he would earn a living for four months and then he would kind of start that that cycle again so really just like a like a really celebrated person for just like walking the walk and not 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 being uh, uh not being just a talker but someone who actually lived lived the deen like our aslaf did uh, imbued with knowledge and with piety and with with smarts and with ability in the dunya as well and so uh, Hazrat Sheikh writes the story about him that one year, uh, according to his yearly tartib and his yearly plan, he went out to, uh, uh, you know, he was on his way to Hajj and he stopped uh, somewhere in Central Asia on his way and uh, he saw a child pick a dead duck out of a dust bin or a dust heap. And he brushed or, uh, uh, you know, dusted the duck off and then brought it home. Uh, where, uh, you know, to his uh, disgust and horror, Abdullah bin Mubarak saw that the child's mother basically uh, butchered it and then started cutting it up in order to eat. And uh, uh, he then like intervened, he knocked and he says, oh, uh, 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 you know, oh, slave woman of Allah, uh, 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 don't you know that Allah Ta'ala has uh, prohibited the consumption of carrion meat of the unslaughtered meat and considered it filthy and unlawful uh, for the people of this ummah. 
And uh, the woman said, Oh, slave of Allah, we know about the uh, sacred law of Islam more than you do. He says that we are the descendants and the family of the Prophet ﷺ. And if it wasn't for us being pushed to the brink of starvation and having nothing else to eat, we would have never, uh, never uh, partaken in this. Uh, so, you know, uh, thanks a lot for thanks a lot for that advice uh, being the being the kind of the, the tone. And uh, uh, Abdullah bin Mubarak was so heartbroken at hearing this that uh, he he just took the, the money that he had saved for the journey and he just rendered it over to her and says, here, you guys just live off of this. And he set back to Maru uh, where his home was. Uh, and that night he saw in a dream That the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam You know Or is that an angel I think not the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam But an angel He said to him That uh, Oh Abdullah bin Mubarak Allah is pleased with with what you did And that he's appointed an angel To make Hajj every year Until Yawm Al-Qiyamah in your form uh, And that uh, all of it will be accumulated In your book of deeds Because of what you've done And so, uh, you know, those are the deeds of the people who learned the knowledge and then took it seriously. <laughs> that uh, Allah Ta'ala said that, uh, or the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said to Abdullah bin uh, Omar, who then said to the Ummah uh, uh, with regards to the Kaaba that uh, the, the, the least of the believers is more sacred to Allah Ta'ala than you. And, uh, uh, you know, that's a teaching of the deen. And I guess people just don't get that, you know, because they think they're better than other people and they treat people like crap and they, uh, uh, you know, they look down on them and whatever. But then like, you know, hajjas and umrahs and, you know, look, I got the, you know, nice, super expensive perfumes and th this type of clothes and that. And look, it's sunnah, you know, and uh, um, those people, you know, those things are all great. They're wonderful. I've done them myself and I love them, too. You know, I'm not. If, you know, I'm not a person that someone's like, oh, look, that oud smells nice, you know, and I'm like, no, I'm too pious for it to smell good. You know, I, I don't get it away from my nose. No, I, I love it too myself. You know, I love to smell it on others and I love to be uh, smelled with it on as well uh, that others should think that I smell nice. But the issue is this is that, look, uh, if that stuff is more important to you and it's a reason that uh, you think you're better than others and it's more important to you than others and their welfare then somehow like large amounts of point have been missed somewhere along the way. And, uh, you know, the, to the point that I made from before, this is not a necessary self-flagellation. Uh, rather, the people who are pointing these things out are the ones who actually understood the deen and practiced it. You know, they actually did. I mean, he actually did it. He actually gave his money over and went back home. And Allah gave him something better. You know, it wasn't just Bishr is trying to like score like a real quick, like got you, you know, one, one or two points. The Prophet ﷺ only went on Hajj once, but his Hajj, uh, you know, uh, there's no uh, billion Hajjs that, that will be put in the scale pan against it ever until Yom Al-Qiyamah. And, uh, uh, you know, just like at that, our Aslaf, they, they, you know, they used to, the people who have Islah, they're the ones who practice these things. And they then tell, told the people, and that's why their words have uh, so much like <laughs> nafs busting and like nafs destroying and nafs annihilating baraka in it. Um, because when you hear them, you're like, oh, dude, uh, this Islam is like way harder than I thought it would be. And, you know, we just let's, we just need to get to work now. 
in regard to and you know and then some people are like uh i didn't hear that i didn't hear that i didn't hear that one mississippi two mississippi and they just run out of the room you know whatever counting um and tomorrow they'll they become good at fooling themselves uh, into thinking that they didn't hear it you know in the first place in regards to another self-deception from which the people generally suffer ghazali says there are still others both amongst the well-to-do and the poor who are victims of self-deception, for they consider it sufficient to attend the religious discourses and sermons. They regularly attend such gatherings and think that it is propitious, propitious, I don't even know what this word is, propitious to listen to these discourses even without acting on the counsel of the preachers. These persons are deceiving themselves because the merit of these sermons lie simply in their exhortation to adopt the righteous course. But if sermons create no urge for virtuous action, then they are simply valueless. Oh my goodness, mashallah. And the people, you know, if you think you think Mulvi Hamza is like abrasive or brash with you, oh my goodness, you haven't met the mashayikh. Molana. Uh, Mulana Abdul Rashid Ludhianui Rahimullah Ta'ala, one of Hazrat Mufti Taqi's teachers in the previous Mufti, uh, Grand Mufti. Um, he <laughs> he used to be Imam in, uh, in my in-laws neighborhood and he gave the khutbah in the uh, Jami' Masjid Khairul Amal uh, uh, for some time. And then I think he has his own, he had his own masjid in the, in the neighborhood as well that, that he was Imam in later. And... Uh, uh, my father-in-law mentions that <laughs> once somebody, uh, uh, somebody, uh, 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 <laughs> somebody saw him uh, from the neighborhood after he had left, and uh, uh, he, you know, he 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 said that, oh, Molana Saab, you don't give khutbah anymore. He goes, I miss your khutbah. Mere malumat me izafa hota tha. <laughs> that's where we in like the mortal combat word world you know like uh uh hear the like little voice in the background that uh, says finish him uh <laughs> that oh i used to i used to learn a lot you know i used to pick up a lot of new information from your from your bayans and from your khutbah and uh, uh, Mufti Saab looks at him and goes, Acha? He goes, really? He goes, he goes, he goes, Hamne to ma'lumat ki izafe ke liye kiya tha, ma'lumat ki izafe ke liye kiya tha, ma'lumat ki izafe ke liye nahi. He said that we didn't do it for an increase in your, uh, in your, in your information. We did it for an increase in your action. Uh, um, and so they, they, they weren't like, you know, even to this day, people will be like, oh, Sheikh, you know, that bayan was awesome. Or like, I really enjoyed your bayan. I'm like, oh, yeah, you enjoyed it. Mashallah. Uh, if I started, uh, if I put on tap dancing shoes and started to dance for you, would you enjoy it even more than that? Uh, it's not, you know, it's not there for your enjoyment or for mine. Uh, Allah, Allah, Allah protect us all. So Ghazali Rahimullah Ta'ala says, if the sermons create uh, uh, no urge for virtuous action, then they are simply valueless. Anything used as a means for achieving an end has importance because of its objective and it cannot somehow be helpful in achieving the object. Uh, if it cannot somehow be helpful in achieving the object, it becomes worthless. But these persons are led astray by the merit of listening to such discourses unduly emphasized by certain preachers. Often such listeners are found in a melting mood or even in a flood of tears during the discourses, but they never make up their mind to tread the righteous path. 
If these persons are told something dreadful, they begin to implore God and to seek his protection. But they appear to think that it is all they need to propitiate the Lord. Uh, it is nothing but self-deception. Such a person is like a patient who consults the physician simply to gain the knowledge of the prescription, but he can never really regain his health by it. Uh, or else he resembles one who is hungry but cannot fill his belly merely by uh, uh, learning the names of different types of food. Being attentive to the preachers and hearing the details of doctrines and devotional practices would likewise be of no avail um, uh, in the life to come unless it makes you change your life and pattern uh, 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 pattern it in a manner that it may inculcate awe and the remembrance of the Lord. If the sermons do not produce this effect and do not make you wary of this worldliness, then these will be uh, produced as an evidence against you in the hereafter. Verily, if you think that simply listening to these sermons would uh, be enough for your salvation, you are deceiving yourself. Allah Ta'ala, uh, uh, have mercy on Imam Ghazali, Rahimullah Ta'ala, who passed away before the age we're in. I mean, literally, uh, the, the Nasara started it. They literally read Goebbels, uh, the PR propaganda guy uh, for the Nazi party, and they model their sermons on it. You know, they literally model their sermons on it um, that, uh, you know, that, that every message has to have, you know, X, Y and Z like points. You should start off softly and you should increase your, your pace while you're speaking and uh, there should be some melodramatic music in the background and uh, you should uh, make your audience feel special and you should tell some story about someone overcoming insurmountable odds and then you should make them feel like this story is about you and pump up their ego and then slip in whatever message you want to afterward and uh, you know wham bam thank you uh, uh, thank you imam and that's it and uh, you know this uh, uh, you know this is why they have like organs and music in church you know, that they'll have the, the preacher pacing back and back and forth and the, the music will get like slowly faster and faster and louder and louder as uh, he goes through or she goes through her sermon. Uh, and uh, you see like you literally see uh, YouTube bayans in which the same thing happens. They have nasheeds in the background and oh, and it's all acapella because having instruments would be haram and like, you know, but it's the same, it's the same, uh, uh, whatever, uh, uh, false angelic nonsense. And the, 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 the clips, they build up a point which is very emotional, but will have almost practically no impact on a person's day-to-day -day life. And it's all, it's all fluff, you know, and people are like, well, Sheikh, people are watching a lot worse things on the internet right now. And it, it's true. And so Alhamdulillah, I commend you for not watching those things at this par particular moment. Jazakumullah khairan wa iyana. But the idea is this, is that this is not deen, you know, fluffy tweets, fluffy Facebook posts that are feel good, that have nothing from the hidayah of uh, Islam or of uh, the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And don't pull a person a little bit out of their comfort zone in order to become a better person that type of fluff is like you know it's going to be consumed at a huge level and very few people are like emotionally and uh, intellectually mature enough to be able to understand that this is just someone manipulating you for clickbait and for hits and for donations and 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 for platform and whatnot but uh, you know uh, Allah, Allah you know again raising this ummah 
muslihin that are able to call these things out in such a way that uh, uh, you know the tawajjuh of the the, the ahlul halul aqad the people of substance comes toward it so that we can we can rectify these things and we need to rectify these things if we want to survive you know going the fluff method has destroyed christianity in this country almost nobody believes in it anymore um, why because the fluff gives you a, a little bit of a boost in ratings for now um, and it gives you a little bit, you know, like bringing a band and a drum set into the church brings you a little bit more, uh, uh, you know, hey, dude, youth pastory type of uh, 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 of, of, of uh, an increase. But in the long term, it cheapens religion and people just think the entire religion is cheap like that. And uh, Allah Ta'ala saved the Ummah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah saved the Masajid. You know, we have to bring kids in. We have to bring people who are not being... Uh, who are not being, uh, uh, you know, served into the masajid. We have to be patient with them. We have to have hikmah with them, like actual hikmah, though, not taqiyah. We have to, we have to, you know, we have to bring them into, in, you know, bring them and bring the public, the flock along with us. I, I totally get that. But uh, there's a difference between uh, um, being kind and being wise with dealing with somebody while bringing them along the path uh, and between singing them a lullaby and just putting them to sleep uh, instead of uh, instead of taking them by the hand and walking step by a painful step with them. Allah Ta'ala give all of us tawfiq. Allah Ta'ala give us somebody also who can uh, take us by the hand step by step and give us the himma also that we can keep putting one foot in, in front of the other and uh, if we should slip up at least that it be two steps forward one step back Allah Ta'ala give all of us so much tawfiq wa sallallahu tabarak wa ta'ala wa sallama ala sayyidina muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in wa alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh